0: Hey, this is Matt Brooks with Nets Daily, and welcome to the On the Board Sports
1: Podcast. You can
2: put it on the board. And welcome back to another edition of the On The Board Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Sean, you on the mic. Happy Parley Thursday to all. As always, joined by my main man, my co-host, William Cherucci, a.k.a. Will C. Will, how you doing, pal?
0: Making out all right. Every day through this pandemic, though, seems like it's a Sunday at this point in time. I know I keep on saying this almost each and every episode. It's got to stop. It's repeating itself over and over again. But this whole pandemic has to stop, too. But it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. But we're here making the best of a bad situation. Sean, how are you making it today?
2: Well, I'm doing good. I'm having some car uh, problems, but um, that aside, life goes on. Well, we have a very special guest on today from ESPN and from Fox Sports. We have the one and the only Renee Washington. Renee, awesome to have you on. Thank you for coming on. How are you doing?
1: I'm great. Thank you guys for having me here. I'm excited.
0: Absolutely, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate you, Renee. Renee, how did you get started up in broadcasting? Number one and number two, where did the love for sports for you begin? Because you're you were a former D one athlete, so you're obviously a time
2: All American, three Renee, time All American too, right? <laughs> yes. I
0: can't I can't discredit that. So boy, the floor is all yours. How did the love for sports begin for you?
1: Yeah, so I come from a sports family. My dad played professional basketball overseas. My mom played college basketball. My siblings, we all played basketball, soccer, ran track, played a variety of sports growing up. Soccer was my better sport as an athlete, Um, but I do come from a very heavy basketball and football family. So, you know, it it all started from my entire life, I guess, from the day I was born. You know, that's all I've known is sports, and that's all I've ever you know, what I watch, what I grew up in our household, we watch sports all the time. You know, that's what we all sit around the TV, eating, talking, laughing. It's always been around sports, going to games and things like that. Um, So for me, once I finished playing soccer and my career ended as a soccer player and I was transitioning, I did have the opportunity to play some professionally. I did have the opportunity to coach college soccer. All great experiences all really helped me to get a good sense of who I am and what I really want. And actually it was during my two years at Lehigh University getting my master's degree and I was coaching the women's soccer team there that I realized, you know, this is, this is it for me as a soccer player fully. Um, I do still coach youth soccer, but you know, in terms of college coaching and things like that, I got the chance to see that it wasn't for me. I didn't really enjoy it like I wanted to, but I knew that that was the time I had to really commit to pursuing sports broadcasting. So I started doing freelance writing, editing, working with the Lehigh sports media department, just taking anything I could to to really transition, but you know, for me, my undergrad degree is actually in public relations. So every internship I had in college at Lasalle University was in PR, marketing, social media management. So what I decided, what I did was pull from those experiences and just all these different pieces to like piece together all the experience I had to show that I can do this. You know, I've done video editing, I've worked with audiences and content creating, just in a different form. So um, that was four years ago, actually. This May marked four years since I graduated from Lehigh University. And since then, it's been a a dream. It's been incredible. It hasn't always been fun and, and easy. There's been a lot of hard days, but it's been very rewarding because ever since I made that leap of faith to commit to this career, I've just been seeing the rewards in a sense.
2: That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Renee, tell me and Will about your playing days At LaSalle, not one, not two, three-time all American there. How was it playing a college sports? And just take us behind all the hard work that goes
1: into it. Yeah, yeah. And that's what a lot of people don't know is I actually ran track while I was in college too. So I was a two-sport athlete. And the biggest thing that I take from my soccer experience as a whole is that it really prepared me for the real world. You know, a lot of things that we're dealing with now – in society, especially around the Black Lives Matter civil rights movement, you know, I've dealt with a lot of that as a soccer player, because a lot of times I was the only black girl on my team or the only black girl and you know, and and when I was looking around, so you know, the life skills and things that soccer has prepared me for, honestly, far outweigh even just the success, because it's like it really allowed me from a young age, I was introduced to a lot of discriminatory Behaviors and things like that and even even besides just that just the work ethic I had to have you know My dad coached me my entire youth soccer career something else people don't really know My dad never played soccer, you know, he had a great basketball career. He never played soccer So I even dealt with you know a lot of Flack for that because people were questioning and my credibility as as a soccer player because my dad coached me and all the Stereotypes that come around a parent coaching their child and even just the work ethic in general because of where I started You know, I didn't have, my parents couldn't afford to fly me all over and pay for, you know, the most expensive camps and and training and stuff. Everything I did was going out, playing in the backyard with my sisters and playing in, in the living room, the basement, wherever we could play soccer, a lot of working out on my own. Like it all came from me. I wasn't the type of kid where my parents were putting me in every single camp or getting me the best trainers. We couldn't do that. It was all intrinsic. It was all my motivation to want to get to where I was as an athlete. So that confidence of knowing here I was starting out in you know, a small town in New Jersey where no one knows me to then become a three-time All-American. That in itself just reassured me that the power of when you really put your mind to something and really put the work ethic in, like how much you can reap the benefits of what you sow. So beyond the excitement of, you know, winning championships, like at LaSalle, we made our first NCAA tournament. We won our first conference tournament. You know, we, I got to be a part of a lot of records individually and as a team. But even besides just those exciting moments, the things that showed me when you when you win a conference tournament, when you're named an All-American, all these things that happen, it's like, wow, like the power of of, of, and the faith of your journey is just so incredibly reassured in that moment. So for so many reasons, soccer has really prepared me for everything that I'm doing today.
0: May, I have to ask you this question because you, since you're a three time all American to go from being individually great to then having to coach, uh, you know, the team sport, what, what's it like having to coach a team sport, you know, having the individual accolades that you have, is there any, I know there's an expectation to go out there and win games, but as a former uh, D1 athlete, you know, just going out there and doing it, is there, you know, an expectation that, that you have to go out, I know that you have to go out there and win, but is there some sort of expectation?
1: Yeah, and I honestly am a crazy competitive person. Like, I'm the type, don't play a board game with me, don't play cards, because we will keep playing until I win. So it's hard for me as a coach, because I am so used to, as a player, having the ability to kind of control a little bit more when you're on the field. And I was a midfielder and forward, so I was directly involved in scoring and assists and stuff like that. So I had direct control, whereas a coach, it's really actually showed me the power of like patience because there are times where it's like, all right, we lost. And here I am like, come on. Like I, I see things unfolding. I can see the way that plays are, are playing out and things like that as a coach, because I've been on the field in those, in those situations. And so it's hard for me, but it actually has taught me a lot because that maturity of understanding these are kids, you know, right now I'm coaching youth soccer, you know, even in college coaching, I had to take a step back and understanding they're still learning. You're going to lose. When I was growing up, I didn't lose a lot. Like my high school team was the number one team in the country. We went undefeated. My college team, again, we we set records for shutouts, for wins. Like we, were, we weren't losing a lot. I wasn't used to losing as a player. So getting into coaching, even that aspect was so hard because I used to ball my eyes out every time I lost a game as a player. All the way to college. Like I was so emotional. I have no problem admitting that. I hate losing. So as a pl- as a coach, it's now understanding – All right, there's a bigger picture here. When you lose, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. But it really has allowed me, honestly, one of the greatest things just to stay connected with the game and seeing the innocence of youth sports keeps me and reminds me why I got started. So even as a reporter, going and then coaching, it really does balance it because working at the professional level, working at a high college level, you kind of could get lost in all that. But being that I'm still involved with youth sports, you know, and I've, I've trained and coached all ages as young as like four or five years old, you just get reminded of the innocence of sports, you know, why people get started seeing, um, you know, parents out there with their kids. it, It actually gave me a better respect for all my parents did for me growing up. So I think it's, it's been something that actually has humbled me the most and forced me to really like take a step back and reevaluate and reflect on my experiences so I can, you know, tell the best stories and continue to, inspire the best way I can so it's been it's been an, ex- an experience that I wouldn't trade and I always say I'm just going to try to coach as long as I possibly can until <laughs> one day my career is going to go a direction that I can't keep up with coaching anymore but I enjoy the balance that it brings.
2: Well said Renee well said. Renee speaking of things that you do beyond the headlines with R like a W tell <laughs> me and Will How did that show get started? And what do you talk about and do on that show?
1: Yeah, so Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington is my Fox Sports show that I do each and every Wednesday. Um, A new episode actually just dropped yesterday. And so, you know, every Wednesday, people can tune in. And what I try to do with all my content that I create is honestly just try to bring something that's a little bit more dynamic. You know, I think so many people try to be like someone else. So the stories they're telling, the, the topics and headlines they're talking about are all the same. And for me, it gets very redundant and boring after a while when every single network you turn to and every single app and post and article or whatever else is all the same. So I try to bring a little diversity in the stories I'm telling or even just how I'm telling them. So I literally like, this, like the title of my show is try to go deeper, try to go beyond the headlines so that I'm bringing you storylines that are more in depth or detailed or sharing some sort of perspective that maybe you wouldn't have gotten just by turning on the latest headline. Um, so I actually cover, originally it was more just sports, but I do sports, music, entertainment, news, politics, like I'm talking about a different, a variety of subjects and also using it to help promote those. So even like I have a featured artist of the week where I bring on a different, music, a different musician and each episode promote what they're doing and talk about their careers. So it's honestly a platform that I try to use to with, well, with all my content, I try to inspire, I try to really motivate others, but with my show specifically, even more. So in an hour, an hour, 15, however long the episode may go that week, we're talking a lot of different things. You're hearing from a lot of different people. You're learning a lot of different things so we can go beyond headlines.
0: <laughs> That's awesome stuff right there, Renee. I got to ask you this, though. You were a sideline reporter for the Washington Wizards. What was that like going, going through that process?
1: Yeah, so the crazy thing is I actually started out with the Mystics last spring. And okay. I didn't know the Washington Mystics won the WNBA championship. So I'm like, right. I couldn't have painted that any better that I stepped right into a championship winning team. Um, but, you know, I actually started off just covering the Mystics. And then this past uh, spring was fortunate to be able to start covering the Wizards. And then everything got shut down. So, um, you know, I haven't even fully been able to dive into that experience as much as I would like because of everything that's going on around COVID. But it has been really cool for me because I grew up, you know, especially in terms of as a fan, going to Sixers games, you know, I was early 2000s, a huge AI fan, Mm -hmm. repping the headband and, and, and everything. So now actually to be a part of DC sports, especially with DC sports doing so well between the Mystics and, and you know, all the, the championships that have been won in, over the last few years in D.C., it's actually really cool for me to get to see that perspective because I wasn't heavily involved in, in that aspect of sports. So for the Wizards, even now, having the opportunity to get back into playing in the NBA and the, the league coming back, and then, of course, the Mystics, the WNBA announced they're coming back. It's like finally I can start getting back into, you know, good content around the games, and and now hopefully for the Wizards is their seeing what happens um you know as we're talking about the return of the league so it's it's been exciting but I can't even say that I'm fully doing all that I want to be doing you know it's just getting started is the biggest thing.
2: Renee speaking about the league coming back the NBA finally has a set date July 30th it was the 31st now it's the 30th now they know which teams are staying where and all of this just when you think everything is going great, here comes Kyrie Irving and this 200-player. You talk about, you know, this, that, and, you know, everything else. What's your take, one, on the league coming back? And, number two, what's your take on what Kyrie is trying to do with everyone and trying to get them to do uh, their own thing?
1: I am very torn for all between all this because for many reasons – you know, I want the league to come back. I'm a league. I'm actually a huge LeBron James fan. When I take my reporter hat off, I'm fully team LeBron. So I was looking at the season as the season the Lakers are going to win it all. So when the pandemic hit, I'm like, okay, we just, you know, <laughs> we were on a roll and then we just hit a wall and now the season's over and we don't, we don't know what's going to happen. So now that the season is coming back, I'm excited for that reason. And then of course, you know, one thing that I heard that Kyrie Irving was saying and that the players, even Dwight Howard actually had this really eloquent article that he, or I don't even know, I don't even know if he fully wrote it, it's beautiful. And I was just reading it this morning that he wrote defending Kyrie and defending the decisions of the players, trying to get people to understand it's not as much that we don't want the league to return, it's just that we want to be um, given as much information and want the league to be as transparent as possible. So we're asking for more transparency so we can make the best decision. And that actually in itself, in terms of like what Kyrie was saying, what Dwight was saying, different players, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, different players that are kind of opposing the return of the league. One thing that really did stand out to me was, what about the players' health? You know, there's so much going on right now in, in, the, in the world that, you know, the half players come back in the midst of the pandemic still going on. And also even the fact that a lot of them have been actively protesting I know Damian Lillard was saying the other night on ESPN how he's like, I can't even mentally sometimes focus on basketball. Like there's so much going on and it hits so close to home that it's hard to even focus on playing basketball. So for that reason, I get it. Not to mention it's the question of how do you have a league that's predominantly black? You expect them to all come back. That where are the owners? Where are the, where's the front office? None of them are going to be in Orlando, but you expect all the players to leave their families and, and go stay in Orlando for three months. So, they can, so that the world can have basketball back and so that the world can be entertained. So I'm like, that fully makes sense to me. But then I know like LeBron James and different players were saying that this also, if we return, gives us a platform to speak up. And we've been seeing leagues like w, the WWE and the Premier League and different teams and different athletes that have taken a knee that have been actively speaking up in their return to sports. So it's like, you do have a platform now that everybody will be tuned in to speak up. So I am so torn because I I selfishly want sports to come back and I selfishly am hoping that we have games, you know, to watch again and for the Lakers to win the championship. But I also fully understand the other side of it that there's a lot of risk here, you know, and there's a lot of factors that go into this that make this a lot more difficult than just a yes or no in terms of like what I support at least.
0: To get back to the Wizards here for a second, Renee, they're the ninth seed right now in the in the in the playoff hunt with the 23 team, you know, playoff that's going on. Uh just give us a take on on the uh the Wizards coming back and playing in the playoffs if, if everything does go back according to plan.
1: Yeah, you know, I think it would be incredible for the Wizards to get into the playoffs. You know, it's a team that they're one of te- one of many teams in the league that are on the bubble that are trying to kind of get back to being a more competitive team. So, you know, and hearing and seeing all that they've been doing behind the scenes, you know, it is, there's a lot of excitement that first of all, they're even given this opportunity. You know, they could be a team that didn't make the cusp and, and didn't have the opportunity to go and play in Orlando. But also it's just like, okay, let's just one step at a time, small victories, just trying to get an opportunity to get into the playoffs and go from there. So, you know, I think it would be, An incredible in itself regardless how that went just to have the opportunity to play in the playoffs given the the Wizards history over the last few years and injuries and and honestly just struggles to be competitive at times in the east so I know for Wizards fans you know this is something that would be more reassuring that we're moving in the right direction I know there's a lot of discussion around Bradley Beal's future in Washington and what's going to happen with him and, you know, if he's going to end up going somewhere else, have no idea what's going to happen there. It seems like right now the biggest thing he's saying is kind of like, look, we're going to just play, and then we'll we'll focus on that after everything's done. But, you know, I think for any D.C. fans, it's just important to have your team kind of – they've let you down so many times. So use this opportunity to at least make the playoffs, make some noise, and see what happens from there.
2: Yeah, Renee, well said there. Renee, this may be a hard question to oh ask you, but I know you've played sports, you've covered sports, you've watched sports. Do you have a favorite moment, like a top two, top three moment from either playing sports, covering sports, an event that you've seen on that you've, like, physically you been there, any top one or top three?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely would say that the um, biggest moments for me – As a player, I would say getting All-American for the first time. It was my sophomore year. Um, And then, well, actually I could say the second or third time because it was kind of like, it wasn't an accident. Like I really got it and you can't question it at this point. And I was was an academic All-American as well. So it's like, not only was I doing well enough to be recognized as a soccer player, but also academically. So I would say just All-American in general, because again, when I went into LaSalle, I had, I was being recruited by a lot of top programs and, you know, for me, I, through the recruiting process, a lot of the conversations and the process itself is hard, but a lot of conversations I had rubbed me the wrong way. Like it was like, didn't sit well with me, what coaches were saying about me and and questioning my credibility. So it was kind of that moment, like, all right, some of these same coaches that we had conversations with as, as a family and weren't interested in me. My team is now beating them. My, you know, I'm an All-American, you know, like, kind of like a what now type moment. So I think, and even bigger than that, like I said before, it was just a reassuring moment. Like everything really does work out the way it's supposed to. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And I, I believe that as a reporter too. And as an athlete, absolutely. You know, it's not about the short-term success and not, you know, the politics of people that are getting opportunities or not. You know, there are people that I passed because I genuinely was doing the right things and stayed in it. So that of course, and then honestly, also for me, I've had a lot of ups and downs in my career as a reporter. And I've had a lot of moments where people have come up to me or reached out on social media and said like, I love what you do, you've inspired me. Or like, I needed to hear that message or you know, the timing of, of your interview or the timing of the, whatever, the story you were sharing could not have been better for me because I needed that in that moment. You know, that was, that, those moments in general are the moments that remind me like this is why I do what I do. You know, when I got started, it's not about the fame for me. It's not about like, although I want to get as high as I can, obviously, and continue to grow as much as I can. It's about using my platform to speak up. And so those moments where like even last week, I had a Canadian network, the CBC News reach out to me and ask if I could jump on for an interview with them on their live coverage of the George Floyd, of George Floyd's funeral. And talk about everything that's going on it's like it's just when you're being recognized and people see the work that you're doing it just is so reassuring that this is this is what I, this is my purpose you know this is why i'm this is why i'm a reporter it's more than just sharing stats and sharing score updates and things like that it's to use this platform to tell stories that resonate with people positively so i would absolutely say those moments and even now my third thing i guess would be you know it's 2020 i graduated lehigh in 2016 where I had the opportunity to either become an assistant coach, a first assistant, or take an internship in broadcasting. And I told my family, I'm like, I'm taking the internship. I know I'm turning down a full-time job with benefits as I'm getting ready to turn 26, but (laughs) I'm gonna take the internship and see where it goes and and take this chance and take this gamble. It's, It's now or never. And now to see four years later, you know, a goal of mine was working in professional sports, working in TV, working in a major network. And I can say, although I'm not working with Shannon and Skip or not working up in Bristol, Connecticut, I'm still, I've, I've checked those boxes. You know, I've been able to do a lot in such a short amount of time that it's, it's like, okay, I can do this, you know, and then the sky's the limit. So those big three, I guess, would have to be my major moments that just kind of, allow me to take a step back and realize I'm doing, I'm on the right path. This marathon is, is slowly working itself out.
0: Renee, my final question for you is take us through the day of the life of Renee Washington as <laughs> the reporter and what you have to go through in order to just basically get everything all set up for yourself, whether it be taking notes, trying to t- get a story down pat, whether or not you're on the camera, trying to talk to people, just take us through a day in the life of Renee Washington.
1: How much time do we have?
0: (laughs) (laughs) The click notes, the brief cliff notes. Oh my Lord.
1: I tell you, I literally, well, I will say no two days are the same. Every day is completely different. Mm -hmm. And especially now in the pandemic. So I've launched an interior design business. I've become a certified travel specialist. Like I have expanded my, I started launching and hosting webinars that I was doing just to teach um, young professionals how to work in the industry. I have grown my career and expanded in so many ways. I mean, I've always tried to make the most of opportunities. So even doing like modeling and I did like, I've, I've worked in acting. So I've done like commercials and stuff. Like it's, it's insane. So every day is completely different. Um, And what I will say is one thing that I don't always tell people, but they don't really realize is that they're always like, how do you do it all? I'm like, first of all, I work from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep. There's like no nine to five type deal. Like I have to force myself to stop working because I just have so much that I'm doing, but more importantly, so much that I'm trying to do that. It's like, I want to continue to be as you know proactive and, and stuff as possible. So I would say like, from the moment I wake up, I have to force myself. Okay. Don't jump right on your phone and start ch- replying to emails or scheduling things or checking social media. But I do that anyways. Um, you know, especially now around the pandemic, I've been doing a lot more interviews. So it's just kind of like, let me get my, my, my top half interview ready. Um, (laughs) and then, you know, I have fortunately like my mic, my ring light, it's setting up where I'm going to be shooting for the day because I have set different in-house studios. Um, so, I mean, throughout the course of the day, I'm juggling so many things. I'm sending emails while I'm on the phone, while I'm doing an interview, while I'm, you know, like it's, so a typical day is just chaos. (laughs) to sum it all up, just mass chaos and just like doing a lot of different things. And, you know, constantly, like, I'm a very organized person. I'm a very type A person. So it's like, I'm, I don't stop moving from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep and then repeat and do it all over again. So it's just a lot, but that's what I always tell people. If you want to work in this industry and you guys know this, you got to be ready. You got to be ready for all that it entails because it's not easy. And if you want to do the bare minimum, good luck. You know, like you have to find ways to continue to redefine who you are and and be unique. Like, I don't want to be like any other sports reporter. Like, I know people say, oh, you remind me of. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just Renee Washington. I might have role models and people I look up to, but I'm trying Mm -hmm. to pave my own path. So because of that, I'm working double time, you know, but it is a lot right now with my show. I actually launched a new show, Redefining Us, that airs on Tuesdays, which is not sports heavy, but more about discussions around race and gender. Um, you know, my actual show be on the headlines and then the content I'm putting out, the mystics with the wizards, with, with whatever it may be, just constantly carve, like I have a long to-do list every day and I just work through and just check things off as I go and try to get as much done throughout that 15 hours or whatever it may be that I'm working that day, so it's chaos, but I enjoy it, and I'm I'm not sure how I'm gonna get back to the real world once we are able to get back. <laughs> um, I'm like I don't know where I'm gonna how I'm gonna do all this, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> Renee. My final question for you is a two part. The first part is I want you, um can you expand on what the future holds for all the non sports things that you're doing, modeling, speaking, uh, writing, and stuff like that. What does the future uh look like in terms of those things and part two i have to ask you this what's your take on what's on everything that's going on within the past three four months with george floyd ahmad darbury um brianna uh taylor what's your take on just how you know just being black has you know just taking the sports world and the world by storm over the past three four months
1: yeah two good questions so you know First thing is, I always have spoken up about issues that relate to that are that close to home. You know, being a, a black woman and having you know I'm I'm a fully black woman, so my entire family is black. And seeing you know what's happened around George Floyd's murder, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbor, even going back before then, you know, I now feel like more than ever I have to speak up. You know, and I know people have asked you know as a journalist. Where do you draw the line? Do you speak up? Do you try not to because you want to protect your career? My thing is, like, I was Black long before I was a reporter. So, and also not to mention, at the end of the day, people aren't going to just look at me. If I'm walking down the street, they're not going to say, oh, there's, Renee, there's the woman that's a reporter. No, they're going to say there's a Black woman. Like, that's what they, people see first. That's what they see first with my brother, my father, my mother, my, you know, my relatives. That's what they see first. So for me, because this is something that needs to change, I'm using my platform to help be a part of that change. And it's, it's crazy because my show, Redefining Us, um, literally talks about these issues. But the craziest part of it is, I actually started planning my show back in like April. And then it was supposed to launch June 9th. And fast forward to June 9th, so much changed from April to <laughs> June. I was like, holy yeah. smokes, like this could not have been planned out any, sad that it worked so well. But right. find out any better to have a show where I am focusing literally on race, gender, you know, social injustice, stereotypes, all these things. And here we are in the midst of a civil rights movement. So I really have been actively trying to use my platform to speak up, trying to be a part of the conversation, trying to continue the conversation and really get people thinking about ways they can actively participate as well, because it's not just enough to go out and post a black square or go protest. We have to make sure we're continuing to do our part. So for me, I'm not a big protester, it gives me a little anxiety, um, but I will use my, and I do use my platforms, my shows, social media, because I feel like that's the, my greatest way to reach others. So right now, actually, that's been a lot of what I've been growing in my career aside from sports. You know, I am actively talking sports all the time, don't get me wrong, but, you know, trying to really grow my career as a well-rounded journalist to make sure that I am participating in those, in those conversations. I'm not, you know, ignoring what's going on in the world. Because that's not fair to me or anyone else to, to act like it's not happening. So I've been growing, like my motivational speaking, actually, I would say, has grown even more during this time, because I've been having more people that have been showing up, whether it's to a webinar or to an event that I'm speaking on, whatever it may be. So just trying to grow all those aspects, because that's why I got started in the first place, to have a platform to have a voice for the voiceless. And here we are in the midst of a civil rights movement. And what better time than now to capitalize on that, to continue to grow it and help be a part of the change. So everything's been on hold in terms of like modeling events and things like that, that are out in the public, but I'm taking this opportunity to grow as much of it as I can virtually to continue to be a part of the change. Like that's the biggest thing right now is that's, that's changed my schedule and why it's so hectic is because once George Floyd's murder happened, it was like, everything was like doubled because I'm just trying to work so actively to help any way that I can.
2: Renee, well said, well said. I appreciate those views and, you know, and me and Will, we've been doing the show for like two years and it's like, you know, certain things take a precedent over sports and obviously the civil rights movement. It's sad to say in 2020, we still have a civil rights uh, movement, but here we are, so. Renee, thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking some time. Before you go, tell everybody how they can follow you and everything you do on your site and on social media.
1: Yeah, well, Will and Sean, thank you guys for having me on the show. It's been a Absolutely. pleasure to join you guys on the boards with, for your sports podcast. Um, I will say that I'm everywhere. You can follow my show Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. It's, you know, we're on iTunes, Spotify, all streaming platforms. It's on Fox Sports. It's got its own social media pages. And then my personal pages, um, I do have a website, reneepwashington.com, but I also have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at uh, Renee P. Wash on Twitter, at Renee P. Washington on Facebook and Instagram, YouTube, I'm everywhere. So I'm super easy to find uh, Renee P. Washington, since Renee Washington is apparently taken for most handles because of <laughs> another reporter named Renee Washington out in uh, La so. <laughs>
0: La yeah, <laughs> right. Have you ever reached out to that to that one before?
1: Yeah, we actually. It's funny because I had people that when I first got started, more when I first got started than now, were like, "Oh, I thought you were." And she's a black woman too, so like I thought you right. were Renee Washington that works with NBC. And I'm like, "No," but you know. So then <laughs> I just connected because I kept having so many people that thought I was her. I actually right. followed her and like reached out. So now she's my she's my alter. Ego, Renee Washington, and I, I support her. So
2: <laughs> cool. we,
1: do, we do now follow each other on social media and keep up.
2: <laughs> that's, what's up that's what's up. Renee, thank you again. Keep up the thank great you. work. Keep on speaking Absolutely. and keep on doing everything you're doing. Thank you for taking some time. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you we guys so much. It. You be safe too. You're
2: we definitely will. Thank you, anytime, Renee. thank you again.
1: Thank I you. I will.
2: Well, that was the one and only Renee. Pn and of Fox Sports will awesome job having her on. Been following her for a long time now, so it was great to have her on.
0: Hey, it was awesome having having Renee on, and you know it was an honor to talk to her not only about her career as being a D1 athlete, coach, and what she's doing right now in the broadcasting field, and being a difference in the community. But it's just right. absolutely awesome to see uh, what what. Somebody can do with their life in a span of, you know, three to four years. She's 20, what, 25, 26? 25, that's crazy.
2: 25,
0: <laughs> not to discount the age, but still. Right. To do everything like that and get noticed like that is just absolutely unbelievable. We, be, we you know, we throw out the American dream out there. I know I threw out Alex Faust as the American dream, which he is, rightfully so, but he there's is. Yeah. So many, so many ways about it. And for her to be. You know, at that young age, 25, to be on a nationally syndicated platform like ESPN, like Fox Sports, and to do all this, pretty unbelievable stuff, Sean. So really, really appreciate her coming on. And she is definitely a voice, that's for sure.
2: She definitely is what well, she definitely is. Well, i got everyone. Will, any final thoughts for this episode, though?
0: No, no final thoughts here. Just, you know, just wanted to give a shout out to Renee Washington again for coming on. You know, we really appreciate it. and. Sean, I know you're getting your car repaired at this point in time, so the amount of patience and, you know, persistence that you've had to record this episode in a car right now, and <laughs> where, in Brooklyn right now, trying to get your in car done? In Brownsville, Brooklyn, yeah. In Brownsville, Brooklyn, of all the places, trying to get <laughs> a podcast done and trying to get your car fixed in the process. Hey, kudos to you, my friend. You know, while I got... Thank you, me, man. I, I just
2: I just got some bad news about the car this uh. I need oh. to get, I, the brakes I bought are the wrong brakes, so I gotta go back to the store and get the right brakes. Uh-huh. Well, uh, but, hey man, well, like you said man, car or not, brakes or not, the show must uh, go on and right. kudos to you um, as well. Awesome uh, questions about you here. also. Same that was here. great, man. Well, um, aside from my car, no final thoughts for me, just want to shout out Uh, Rene again. So from my co-host, William Trucci, a.k.a. O.C., and for Rene Washington of ESPN and Fox Sports, I'm your host, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Shoney on the mic from The Board Sports. Continue to be safe. Continue to stay safe. Love you all. Peace out. God bless you guys.
0: Talk to you guys soon.